UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And here we are, finally. After weeks and weeks of nothingness and uh, yearning for scraps out of camp, it is week one, it is game week. Michigan plays their first game this Saturday down in Dallas versus the Florida Gators. Well, Andy, what are you thinking heading into this game? Well, I've been waiting uh, for this game uh, on pins and needles because the summer seemed to go very slow. There was so much Kool-Aid. The coaches most of the year uh, were talking about how good they were going to be. And with the lack of experience that they have had, of course, you know, everybody has to be a little bit worried about it, especially on the back end of the defense on what's going to happen. But they seem to be very excited about it. And uh, today at his press conference, Coach Harbaugh said that they were, that the uh, tight ends, running backs, receivers, and DBs are coming along, they're athletic. Uh, they're not making the errors are reducing, and they're focused. So what more could you ask? It, it could be a very good year, and I can't wait to see them get into it. You know, it was interesting, this press conference, because normally, logistics-wise, they have it over at Chrysler Arena in the press area, and today they had it right at Schembechler Hall in the, in the museum, and you really got the impression that Harbaugh didn't want to be wasting any time shuttling over to uh, the normal place. Um, mm-hmm. One of the funny things, Andy, is uh, Coach came out for his press conference wearing cleats. So it's good to know that that he that he wears cleats even when he's standing on the sideline. And I'm sure you know we've you know the the limited access we've had to practice over the years with Harbaugh, and even watching him in warmups. I'm sure that part of that is that you know he wants to make sure he has good traction when he's uh, jumping into drills and helping things out. But it, it was just a really funny audio moment where he came, you know, he, he goes to walk in and it's kind of quiet and you just hear the the, the rattling of uh, of cleats in and out. Wanted to make sure I didn't ca- get caught underfoot. Didn't want to get cleated. Um, so uh, of course one of the other things that came up is Harbaugh addressed the whole saga of roster gate um, and, and you know it, it's funny because I, I, you know again I was talking to one of the other reporters and he made a really good point he's like you know this is football it's supposed to it's a game it's supposed to be fun and one of the fun things that the that the football athletic support staff did this this week is this is probably the smallest info packet I've ever seen in my life, okay? And you, you know, Andy, from seeing these things, sometimes they get they get to be a rather large book. Um, this this is rather light, uh, but if you look burrowed into it, there is a 2017 roster. And if you look carefully, it is a roster of every Wolverine who's currently in the NFL. So. Anybody who was shuffling pages to look for a roster and saw that there was an actual 2017 roster and got excited um, would have would have quickly been disappointed to see that it was uh, 
Coach Harbaugh and the support staff trolling the media, uh, listing, here's a roster. It's not the, the roster you want. Now, Harbaugh did, on a serious note, talk about, you know, they asked, they said, Coach, uh, you know, do you have a, you want to announce your starting quarterback? He's like, listen, I'm not going to announce it. He goes, Florida hasn't announced it. Florida hasn't released a depth chart. He goes, we get all this attention. He goes, I'm, I would like to know who they're starting. They would like to know who we're starting. We're going to hold off until we till the last second. And uh, it's funny because initially he said it was going to be August 30th, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's 11.59.59 uh, on that day. I, I would actually get a kick out of it at this point. But, um, you know, and again, Andy, you, you made a point, you know, when we were talking about this a couple of podcasts ago that, you know, competition is always ongoing, and, uh, and, and, and Coach alluded to that. So um, the other big announcement today uh, was the, uh, the unveiling of the mostly maize uniforms. Um, Andy, what did you think about those? Well, I saw pictures of them. I took a good look at them, and uh, I don't have any objection to that. Somewhere along the way, I've seen them wear them before. Um, these are very well done. They look well done to me. <laughs> I beg your pardon. They, you can read the numbers because the numbers stand out. They're very well tailored to the players. They look like quality products. They got the jump band on them. I don't have any problem with them. The other side, Florida is going to wear their blues with white numbers. So it'll be a game of maize and blue. Not a hokaboo on the Michigan side. But I'm all right with that. And compared with the two trashy or three trashy um, uh, uniforms that they put out under the Brandon regime, uh, these, I think, are going to look very good, and I have no objection to them. I like them better than the white. You know... Uh I am fine with them tinkering with the away uniforms. Again, the, the white really doesn't do anything for me. Um, you know, they, they can do whatever they want with the away uniforms. Um, and the players the players all say that, that they like it. It's something exciting. They say that the recruits like it. You know, they like something a little different, a little sizzle. You know, my, my thing is, you know, I think back to that game at Michigan State where Michigan unveiled the, the uniforms that were a surprise to almost everyone. You know, the team came out and warmed up in, in the standard away uniforms and then went into the, to the locker room to find out that they had new uniforms. And in that case, it was a distraction because, frankly, the uniforms didn't fit. I mean, you could see players, you could see players on the sideline pulling each other's pants up and, uh, you know, there, there were some rather unattractive photos of of, uh, of uniforms not exactly fitting on the field. So, it, you know, I used to say, well, I really don't care, you know, one way or the other. In that case, it was a distraction. So um, one of the things that has leaked out is that Michigan's already been practicing in these uniforms. So mm-hmm. I like that from a practical standpoint, um, you know, they're not going to have a situation where they put some uniforms on and you know they're too small or too large or get in the way. So again, it, it, since all the practical things have been addressed, and uh, you know the other thing is this is not the first time that Nike has proposed 
all maize uniforms, okay? And definitely back, uh, you know, toward the end of the Lloyd Carr era, um, it was pretty standard for Nike to mock up a, a number of, of different concepts and, um, you know, pitch it. And, and, again, normally they wouldn't be picked up. So what would happen is you would see, uh, on occasion, uh, alternate jerseys show up at the uh, the Nike outlets with official, with authentic team tags. Okay, so I you know I, I have one of my jersey collection. I have a Maze Nike uh, team authentic jersey that that the team never wore, and you know I, I picked it up on, on clearance, and uh, and again you know now. Obviously, this is a different situation. It's the Jumpman stuff. Um, you know, they're they're unveiling a whole raft of, of merchandise, uh, some really nice shoes, um, some T-shirts. I mean, again, they're gonna they're gonna get some bang for their buck from the merchandising. Um, but but again, it's on the road. You know, you know my thoughts on these uh, these these big event games on the road. You know, I, I think they're they're an abomination. So, uh, I do too. If you're going to go on the road, if you're going to go on the world to Jerry World, and and you're going to put on a show, fine, wear whatever you want. Um, but you know, for me, I I I I, I want to get away from these games. I don't like giving away giving up home games as a season ticket holder. Um, you know, it's nice that this year we have Michigan State and Ohio State at home. Um, but but you, know, you only have you only have a total of six. Six home games too, and that's not enough. Yeah, but you know what? But you know the thing about that is that as much as uh, this may sound, you know, as a, as a um, an abundance of riches, you know, when we had a when we had a whole mess of home games last year, one week after another, it actually got to be, it got to be. Yeah, it was too many last year, but. But seven home games wouldn't be that bad. You had more than seven last year. I kind of felt like we were running the gauntlet. We had so many consecutive games last year. And listen, I love I, know. I love being my Michigan football, but but again, you know, from a logistics standpoint, um, you know, uh, I, I I'm fine with not having the 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 gauntlet we had last year. I mean, so you know, Andy, the other thing that that we talked about today is that Michigan produced. Uh, there are two captains to talk to the media: um, linebacker Mike, Mike, linebacker Mike McCray, and uh, offensive lineman Mason Cole. Now, the really cool thing is that Mike McCray's dad was actually a captain for Ohio State, so that that was that's a nice little story there. The big story for yeah. me is that Ohio State announced their captains last week, and they have nine of them. And while well, I think Michigan having two is a little lean. Nine is, you know, at a certain point, gosh, almost 10% of the, no, over 10% of the scholarship players are captains. So um, I, I like to think that uh, our captains are better better qualitatively, that, uh, you know, Harbaugh doesn't need as many captains to keep his team in line. But it is a big disparity. Um you know, I, I, when I saw the press release from Ohio State, I was kind of like, I had to reread it a couple times. I couldn't believe they had so many captains on the on the list. Um, yeah, I, I kind I like the picks. I think they're good picks. One from offense, one from defense. Uh, we'll see. They've got a young team to lead, and when this team hits the wall in November, 
like freshmen and the younger players do sometimes, well, their leadership is really going to come. I like having two specific guys that are supposed to be the leaders and not not a, a horde of ten or nine or ten like we had. Uh, I can't remember whether it was Hulk or before. Rodriguez had had that many at one time. And we'll see if this works. But this is... I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but again, we should reiterate, I think, that this is Harbaugh's, uh, this is a litmus test for him. Uh, he only has one more win than Brady Hoke had in the same time frame. But he's done such an outstanding job in putting the financial zip back into the Wolverines and the fan interest. You can sell your tickets this year. People will buy, actually buy them. And a couple of years ago, I had trouble getting rid of my tickets, and that's not there this year. So, but he has a lot to prove, and he has a really hard task to do it this year because the cards didn't fall. It's, you know, this could have, his third year could have been a totally senior team of some sort with lots of experience and, and lots of talent. But it didn't happen that way. They got lots of talent, not the experience this year. But I just have a feeling that it's going to be a good year. I'm really interested in seeing it. And I, I'm, and I hate to add to the Kool-Aid, and by saying that I do, I've had enough Kool-Aid this year. Uh, the real facts are going to slap us in the face against Florida on Saturday, next after this next Saturday, and uh, I'm ready for it. You know, the thing is, um, I, I think you make a good point. This could have been a, a senior-laden team. But, you know, Harbaugh had that last year, and, and again, he, he, he kind of benefited from that from last season. You know, it's not a situation that with, like, Rich Rod where, you know, Rich Rod really <laughs> never had a lot of experience until it was far too late. Rich Rod's experience yeah. ended up helping, helping Brady Hoke. Um, and, and, you know, the thing about it is this, is that there, again, and we've talked about this, you know, the, the 6 13 20. Six years since you've beaten Ohio State, 13 years since you've won the Big Ten, 20 since you've won a national championship. Um, I feel, I think all of those numbers, we are, we are closer to ending than, than in the past, okay? The question is, um, you know, when? And I think that, you know, there's a lot of consternation out there of, you know, people seem to be waiting for all the all the, the spinners to come up right. You know, at a certain point, you just got to go out and do it. And, you know, if you're waiting for everything to come up, up, up right, I mean, that was really last season, you know. And, you know, they had a huge opportunity. They lost three out of the last four. And Harbaugh has but talked about... But those were by close margins. They were in all of those games. They were all close. But that's no excuse, you know. Yeah. Close, and again... Close does But, and, but and, they didn't get blown up either. And again, you know, not to beat up last year, but, you know, it's one thing to lose to Ohio State. It's one thing to, to struggle in a bowl, you know. Uh, they, you know, I don't care how many points they lost to Iowa. They had no... They had no excuse losing that game. They had no excuse coming out flat. So, so for me, you know, again, you had everything come up last year, and, and again, close is great, but close doesn't count. So, 
you look at this year, and if they can get past this first game, they have a stretch of games that are, are very winnable. They can get their experience. Um, you know, the, the thing that I want to see on Saturday is I want to see Michigan come out on offense and establish a rhythm because I'm expecting the defense to be to be quite good. I want to see the offense. I want to see, and again, we're assuming that Spade is going to be the starter because Spade is going to be the starter. Okay, um, you know, that's a sure bet. Short of, I mean, the only thing that can derail that is remember the the season where Bacateras was was slotted to be the starter. And he just got injured. And, you know, all the way up until the game, everyone assumed Gutierrez was going to be the starter, and it turned out that he had some phantom injury. Or not a phantom injury. He had a, he had a pretty, uh, he had an injury that they were trying to work through, and, and it just didn't happen. So short of Spate being injured in some way, and, and again, we hope that's not going to happen, you know, in any case. Um, Spate's going to be the starter. I expect him to come out and 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 be the calm, experienced leader on offense. I expect him to 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 run the offense, you know. Um, and, and again, he's having, he'll be ready for the task. He's had eight experience, and he's you know uh, Audubon has always had a new guy with first root offense base in there and with no prior game experience at Michigan. Either of those guys, and this this year he's got a guy that's been there that's tried and and won sometimes and failed in other times, lost some weight, has been into it and has been pushed by good coaches and great competition. So I, I don't think that's not the part that bothers me is I want to see him be able to run the ball, move the chains late in the game when they're ahead or can get ahead if they get those first downs that are critical at the end of the game. I thought they failed at that last year. I thought that was a serious flaw. The offensive line didn't live up to its experience, didn't do the job when the chips were down, and that hurt them. Also, the big plays on the defense. Ohio had some. Everybody had some big plays on them. They got us started. If they can stop those two things, uh, they'll be very competitive because they were fairly competitive last year, even with those problems. Well, Coach Harbaugh mentioned today he cited that the offensive line as a group has come along. He said that it was a a group that had that had really come together and, and somewhat surprised him. So that's good to hear. Um, again, what I'm looking for on Saturday is I want to see I want to see Spate come out and, and really lead. Um, the offense in a way, you know, they're going to be, receivers are going to run bad routes. They're going to make mistakes. He really has to hold it together. You know, I, I question how much weight he's lost. That that just puzzles me. I don't remember thinking that he, I don't remember him thinking that he was particularly porky last year. Um, generally, generally, um, offensive guys will, will put on weight. You know, we always say it's kind of hit weight, you know, give you a little more durability. Um, you know, put on a little muscle, but but again, you know, I, I'll tell you, I, I saw him walking through one of the uh, um, before one of the press conferences a couple weeks ago, and I was really surprised how how thin he looked. Um, again, obviously, yeah. Coach Harbaugh is very adept at at um, grooming quarterbacks, so we will, you know, he, he gets a pass on this. But again, I, I'm kind of surprised by that. 
Um, you know, I am looking for the defensive line to be as good as they should be. Because, you know... Well, hold it, Mike. Before we talk about them, they've been nicked up. Now, Hurst missed several practices uh, a, a few days ago because he was injured. And they're just minor injuries, not season-ending or anything, but he has been nicked. So we'll see if I, he, they say last week they said that he was 100% and doing very well and stirring up things on that defense again. So it looks like he's going into the Florida game at 100%. And that really is kind of critical to Michigan because he's as good a defensive player as they got on that team, including Rashawn. You know, I am looking for Rashawn and Hurst to just cause mayhem. And that will that will give the secondary make up for a lot of, of inexperience or mistakes on the secondary. Um, and wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be nice to show the SEC that the Big Ten does have some speed after all the stuff, the bills that they have put out that uh, that uh, Michigan and, and the teams uh, in the Big Ten don't have any speed. I think you're going to see an increase. A palpable increase in speed this year. Michigan's going to show better athletes and more speed at many, many positions, especially a wide receiver and linebacker, stuff like that. Defensive backs are going to be fast. It's an experience. So they, they just got some wheels this year that they haven't had in the past. We'll see how that pays off. One thing that we haven't talked about at all that I'm interested in, and you really don't get much of a lead from anybody at all about who is going to receive the punts, try to run them back. Um, they had, had several uh, people out there trying, and I think they've had a whole bevy of players trying to catch them. But it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see who, who finally handles that and who doesn't drop the ball like Collins dropped it in the spring game. Well, we're going to have a lot to talk about in our next podcast. That's going to do it for this one. This is the UMGoBlue.com podcast with Phil Callahan and Andy Anderson. Go Blue! Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue!